No Ketchup Chicago. Yeah, was- <laughs> but it didn't get picked up by everybody. There's a reason why. What was the- Welcome to No Ketchup Chicago for Chicago by Chicago. I'm your host, Sean Little. Nick the Quick's in the building. Yes, sir. Victory Tuesday. The- Gee, fresh out the whip. Fresh out the whipper. Fresh out the whip. We no had prep. Hop straight on. We're going no prep no today, prep. y'all. This is off the cuff. It's 100% freestyle. Nothing written. You know what I'm saying? Giving bars today. Absolutely. We're Plenty. talking Bulls last night. Dropped again to the Spurs. Interesting game. Levine. We'll talk about that. Bears, Giants. Well, Zach Bryant. What's up? Zach Bryant. Zach Westbrook. Oh, <laughs> Zach Westbrook. <laughs> then we got the Bears, Giants preview coming up. G-Man. I've heard trap game. We'll talk about that. I got a hot take on this game and coming up, and just it's going to be an interesting take. Baker Mayfield, I have to talk about this. Bake. I'm really interested. I think me and you are going to be on opposite spectrums here. I'm, I, I'm coming around, but yeah, probably. But I'm excited to talk about that. Of course. We'll talk some, some NFL. We'll talk some black Twitter. We'll uh-huh. talk everything. Yes. What's happening? And as usual, hit us on hit us on the chat line. Yeah, hit us on the chat. I'm about to pull it up uh, right now. Yeah, we've been having some fun with this. All good, bro. You know, nice little Thanksgiving dinner. Um, I'll tell the story. So we didn't talk about this last week, and I think I forgot to mention it when we were talking about cooking. But I went over to my girl's house for Thanksgiving, my girl's mom's house for Thanksgiving. I don't know about y'all, man. I don't know if this is a black people thing or not, but like when it comes to Christmas and Thanksgiving, like bro, we eat at like two thirty, three o'clock. Like no joke. You know what I'm saying? When you see Christmas dinner at three o'clock. You know what I mean? By 6 o'clock, you're going back for that third or fourth plate, whatever it might be, round two. Um, so we go over to her mom's house. Bro, dinner is served at 8.30. 8.30. So, like, we get over there like 5. <laughs> I'm kicking it. You know, I like to drink and stuff before we eat, which is fine. You know, I'm always down to have a few cocktails. It gets to, like, around 7.30. Like, it's funny. They took a picture of, like, a group, and, like, they zoomed in on my face, and I'm just sitting there looking unhappy because it's now 7.30. Food is still not on my plate. I'm ready to go. I'm starving, and we still haven't eaten. Yeah, that's wild. Eight thirty. That's crazy. Eight thirty. Christmas they ate like bro. I swear, Christmas they ate like eleven. Yo, <laughs> I don't. But know. all respect, the food is fire. No disrespect, but yeah, yeah. Go ahead. No, that's crazy. It's crazy. I would have been highly upset. Yeah, I like, was. I would have been upset. My upset. mom even hit me the next day. She's like, everything okay with you yesterday? I'm like, no, I, was, I didn't eat till 8.30. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I went to, uh, I went to uh, Jamie and Eli's crib in the morning, you know, kicked it, watched the game over there, had a few cocktails, uh, and I was ready to eat. 8.30? You might. That's through all the games. Bro. Everything is bro, over. Everything was over. I was over. I'll, yo, low-key, I was sleeping by 9.30, 10. Real talk. Real talk. I'm trying to tell you. I'm used to eating at 2.30 on holidays, bro. <laughs> like, I remember my mom used to be cooking food for Christmas, and it'd be like 11.30. I'd be like, what's up? Can we eat? You know what I'm saying? So, like, yeah. We got some, we got some How's food. everything else, though? Yeah, there was like 8.30. Whoa. Eight, shout, eight, out my, eight, shout out my guy, Sports and Shoes TV. is reckless, bro. Yeah, that's crazy. And she stays at like 103rd and Western, so I was like eating at 8.30 and then driving all the way back up north. Yeah, this sounds not a, tragic. Not a bueno. And the and the but the Bears got a W, so that was good. Yeah, a good little morning yeah, cut yeah, off, no yeah, doubt. Yeah, dude, I was in Vegas. Yep, the weather was great. I thought you were staying off the strip every night. It looked like you was posting on the strip. Yeah, I was on the strip. They call you. They call me. You hear the music, you on dance. It's too much action. It's too much action. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know the strip is right over the horizon. Yeah, you yeah, gotta go. I, I, I was kicking it with the fam, and then I would drive down and I would go grab some grub and I would watch some games in the sports yeah. book and just okay. kick it. So you weren't getting rowdy? No, 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 no rowdy. Nothing crazy. No, yeah. nothing crazy at all. Yeah. Um, 
I definitely didn't eat that late. I ate early. My dude, they smoked up the turkey. They did yeah. everything. And Black you know what? What I, you know when I really went to the strip to kick it was like the whole family was doing the. They were going shopping at Thursday night and then Friday morning, and not, I'm not here for that. You're not doing that Black Friday. I'm not doing the so Black Friday. So your family Friday. does the Black Friday? They, they're, they're into that? They're into that. Wow. Yeah, so yeah. They, they go out. They go get some stuff. I think it's also my cousin's got young kids, so they go out, and they'll go like take them out to do something. I think it's basically. like a lot of people who do it, it's like a family tradition. Yeah. But to me, I don't want to wait in a long-ass line. I don't like people. Like I'm, I'm going to keep it real. Like I, I go to the store when people aren't there. Yeah. So like I shop at off hours. I hate. Nothing more I hate shopping than when there's a bunch of people. There's a bunch of people. So, like, no that's, doubt. like, my worst nightmare. You know what I mean? Like, I'm an early. I'll hit the store super early when no one's there or super late when no one's there. Yeah. Middle of the day is not for me, not bro. For I, see enough, I see enough people throughout <laughs> the day. I don't need to talk to anybody else. All right. I feel you. Let's jump into this Bulls game. Yeah. They take a loss. 108-107. Uh-huh. Now 5-16. and 16. Great. Great. I'm with you. Zion. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, with, I'm with losing as many Cam. games as possible. I love all that, right? I'm just going to jump right in. I'm going to play this clip from last night. If you watched the game, we're not here to do recaps. We're here to te- give takes. Yeah. You saw what happened. You saw Levine take a 27-footer down one, waved off the screen. I'm going to play with it right now. confidence yeah. waved off the screen. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Zach Levine. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to play that right now. Pull me up, Aaron, and then we'll, we'll get into that. Yep. All right, so that's the that's the take. And <laughs> that, just that kept was, it on his face right that there. Was that's the not play, everything. That was the take. Uh-huh. It was – give me your thoughts on the look. Or so, this, number one, I don't get that I'm going for the win comment, just first and foremost, because you were down one. So, going for the two is going for the win, right? Going for the higher percentage shot is – it's not like you were down two and you were trying to go for the three to go up one. You were down one, and that was that. So, I, I'm not sure what he, what he meant on that one, but – um. It was an awful shot. It was just yeah. awful, man. He's shooting 29% from three-pointers, so it's not like he's a marksman. You know what I mean? It's not like he's someone that, you know, that step-back three is like his go-to move or whatever the case may be. Um, he waves off the screen, so clearly kills the play that they called, decides to go into hero ball on DeMar DeRozan, who is, what, two or three inches? I mean, DeMar DeRozan's 6'8", right? 6'7". Um, so he's a big dude. Obviously, you're not going to get your shot off over him like that. Look, man. I mean, whatever. I guess I, I, I did a terrible shot. Just terrible shot. Let's just keep it all the way clean. 
It was a terrible shot. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah, who cares though? I guess like he, at the end of the day, I mean, who cares? Like he he went into talking about the going for the win thing. I don't understand because, like you said, a, a go to the bucket, go up Get one, fouled. and put the pressure <laughs> yeah, back whatever on it them. Is, yeah. Do whatever you got to do. Do whatever right? you got to do. He mentioned in that clip or in his post game presser that the way uh, Lamarcus had it going. The way those guys were were playing, that he he didn't even want to give them a shot at two. He wanted to shoot three. That was kind of his logic there, and he's confident in the shot. Listen, he's wrong. He knows he's wrong. He's trying to back up what he did, but let's move on. Like, people are losing their mind on Twitter. I saw people were giving him heat, this, that, and the third. It's like, it was a bad shot. I think the bigger thing is... So... Um, Hoiberg has a timeout, doesn't use it, because doesn't doesn't want to set up the whole thing. Sure, I think it just this. We've seen this multiple times now with Hoiberg, with Jimmy Butler, it's, and different things, it, bro. Yeah, he just doesn't command that respect. Not like, at all. He's when he's telling you when he's calling Wendell up to give you a screen, he thinks that's the best way that's, to get a bucket, right? And he's the coach, and that's kind of what you you have to listen to that, right? And maybe you have a conversation after, like, hey, coach, in a spot like that. I think I'd rather and, not get and, the double, do that, whatever. Unless but, you've built up the equity to call off that play, which he has not. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, he's paid like someone who can call off that play. But, yeah, I mean, if you're Fred, if you're Fred Hoiberg, Zach Levine doesn't have the right to call off plays yet. So, I think it's an, yeah, it's an indictment on Fred. But, there's been several, like you said, there's been several things that are an indictment on him. He's not a strong leader. He would not do that if he feared his coach afterwards. You know what I mean? Yeah. Patty Mills isn't going to do that in San Antonio, and Patty Mills has been in the league for 10-plus years, you know, because he knows Popovich is going to be all up in that ass. You might not play tomorrow. You know what I mean? You're not doing that to Tibbs. You're not doing that to some of these stronger-minded coaches who control the locker room. And the thing is, Fred had the right idea. It's not like Fred was calling some ridiculous play. Let's use Wendell Carter, who's a great screener, and try to get a higher percentage bucket. Not you dribbling around for a few seconds and then taking – just a terrible step back that everybody knew was coming. Because when you bring the screen up there, you have tons of options now. Tons of options. Pick and roll, Pick whatever and roll. you want to do. You could, you could even – I know it's not his first option to dump to Wendell, but if you get doubled crazy and he's open, then you well, drop I thought you were him. just trying to go for the win, though. Right. And let him – right. And let him so shoot the So were you trying to go for the win right. or are you trying to get the team to win the game? There's a difference. So he said, point. I'm trying to go for the win. I want this win. I want the Sports Center walk off highlight. That's what I want. That's a great point. We're at home. I'm feeling good. I, I want the UC behind me. I want to show you guys I'm worth $78 million. We weren't going for the win because if we were going for the win, we would have taken a high percentage shot. I would have ran a pick and roll, yep. decided if they switch, then I got a better matchup off DeRozan. Yeah. If they don't switch, you because you can get that jumper that he took. Anytime. 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 <laughs> anytime you want. Hey, fine. But 29%, you, you can especially get it. If you take the pick and roll and they double. Yeah. You could pull it back and still get that well, shot. You know, and you know the defense is going to key in on him, right? So, again, yeah, there's going to be somebody open if you let something develop. But the fact that he has it in his mind and not let it develop. I mean, that was – if you talk about, like, hero ball, like, that was – that's the definition, definition of, hero of, ball. of hero ball. I'm calling off a player that might work so that I can get the glory if it happens. And, again, I'm not – whatever, man. In the, in the grand scheme of things of this season, it doesn't really matter. But a strong coach coaches that shit out before it happens. And he obviously has no interest in running your play. He's waving some people off. And all for that. You know what's another thing, too? <clears throat> we have a timeout. If, 
because he waved Wendell up twice. He waved Wendell waved up. It, yeah. When Zach waved it off, Wendell went down. Hoiberg yelled at Wendell again come to come up. up. up yeah. He came up again. First off, I think he, before when he when he called him up, there was like nine or ten seconds on yeah. the clock. Once he waved him off, bang a timeout. Yeah, be like, obviously we we're yeah. not on the same page. We're here. not on the same page. Let, here let me call a timeout. We have eight seconds, and we can draw up something else. And then that's maybe when you can have a conversation with Zach. And he's like, hey, listen, I want to go ISO here. I think that's a better option. Then you can go back and reevaluate. I think that was another option. Well, it and just, I mentioned Archie was hot. I mean, you had player you had players out there that were hot. Archie had a dub yesterday. He was high. banging out threes in the fourth quarter. We're high, yeah. You know with what I mean? Confidence. Yeah, with confidence. So you, you if again, bro, you want to step up, you want to be the leader, you want to be the man. I don't know if that's what Zach Levine wants. I, I I've never, you know, heard him say either way whether or not he wants to be the leader on this team. But the leader on this team, the truly good offensive players in the NBA are efficient. Right, and they know to look off that shot. You are not Russell Westbrook. You are not. That's a Kobe shot. Let me dribble out ten seconds and try to take it the last second. And I think the other thing that needs to be clear is if Kobe takes it, if LeBron takes it, if whoever takes it, they're all bad shots. Yeah, they're all bad shots. They're all bad shots. Yeah. So, like, let's be clear on that. But LeBron can wave off his coat. But again, they've earned the respect to at least make that decision. But maybe they won't even Kobe would. Yeah. But LeBron's not. LeBron first off would never make that play. That that he would try to find someone to pass. That's his MO. But, I mean, again, like, I knew it was going to happen the whole time I was watching. I was like, this isn't going to be good. He's not a great three-point shooter. And you got all these cats in the NBA now thinking that they're great three-point shooters because other guys are great three-point shooters. Like, look, if you can't shoot it like that, don't try to be that guy. No doubt. I think it's interesting that – before, I'm, 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 let me come back to that because I was yeah. going to come back to the Jimmy Butler two buzzer beaters. Those aren't good shots either. They just fall. They just fell. Yeah. And Jimmy knocked him down. Well, Jimmy has a history of hitting those weird late in the clock in game shots. I mean, he's, yeah. he did that for the Bulls. That off balance, ugly shit. I mean, like, and again, still bad shots. Still bad but shots. He's, he's Jimmy Butler, at least, not yeah. Zach Levine. Uh, Dion Gardner Smith said, number one, he looks scared of DeRozan. Like, he didn't want to go by him type of thing. Like, this is, I'm just going to settle for a jumper. No, no confidence in the shot, and he needed to take that pick and roll. That's kind of what we were yeah, saying. The pick yeah. and roll was there. Dion, I feel and Wendell you Carter. 100%. What does Wendell Carter do well? He's a great pick and roll player. I mean, that's that's what it is. Hundred percent. So he again, he 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 wanted to win the game. I think <clears throat> one of the other big things, big takeaways from the game, because I remember you hit me yesterday. Yeah. I was catching up on some sleep. I hadn't gotten any sleep in mm-hmm. Vegas. Combined with yeah, Vegas isn't good for sleep. Vegas and not being in my own bed, being at my family's crib, yeah. and I just wasn't sleeping very well. So I was catching up on sleep last night. But I watched the game this morning. The jump shot is very—it's just feast or famine, and our team is taking a lot of jumpers. A lot of them, yeah. A lot, a lot of jumpers. That was my takeaway from watching the game. We had eleven free throw attempts from three different players: Levine, Archie, and Jabari Parker. Yeah. We're just out there shooting all shooting jumpers all day with, with bunch, no jump shooters. Yeah, with guys that aren't jump shooters. Jump sh- a jump shooting team with no jump shooters. With no jump shooters. So that's that, that's so kind of tough. Let me ask you this. You think Fred is calling all these plays that end in jump shots, or is that what they want to do? Because clearly it's not working. You know what I mean? So if you're calling all these plays, one of two things is happening. He's calling all these plays that end up with supposed to be getting clean jump shots and stuff, and we're not knocking them down. Or the players are just taking their own shots and doing their own thing and not, you know, trying to run the plays that he runs. Because I thought Fred's whole thing was he he has all these great plays and, 
draws up a lot of great shit. And he's a great X's and O's coach. And I don't, I haven't seen that from the Bulls. Yeah, I agree with you. It's yeah. tough to. I I struggle with giving him flack on that because of his personnel. His best players are all banged up. That's fine. We have no guards. We have no guard rotation. We're running out Shaq. Like, you know what I mean? So those dudes should be listening to you. Archie isn't guaranteed a long career in the league. Shaq's not guaranteed a long career in the league. I don't know. Yo, like what I wrote on the board today was where is Tyler Eulis? Yeah, I don't. Even, I don't even see him out there. He was. He's not playing for the Windy City Bulls. Yeah, he's inactive. I was trying to look up if he's hurt. If anybody in the chat knows where Tyler Eulis is, somebody let me know. But I was looking up like the last four or five games for the Windy City Bulls. He hasn't played. I would love to see him get some time, especially with how thin we are at guard. My boy Blakeney, as much as I love him, he hasn't been playing well the last couple weeks Blakely leading the league in uh that corner three that, though yo he said he tweeted catch me in the left corner so i mean he only Blakely only played two minutes and 45 minutes. seconds last yeah. night yeah I, I i still don't get that i mean he should be out there playing but i guess you know i don't know 37 minutes for justin holiday Deion gardner smith said should the bulls pick up mellow absolutely Hell no. not nah Never, no. I think, I think <laughs> hey, look, man, no. all shout out to Melo. I love Melo, man. You know, legendary guy as far as, you know, his whole his whole situation. But if I'm Melo, man, I, they're out to get you. They're against you. The narrative will never be for you again. Just ride off into the sunset, dog. Just you ride, think that's what you, you should do? Spend that power money that Lala's getting in, you know what I'm saying, and just ride off to the sunset. Yeah, bro. Just go relax. I mean, they you killed him. He didn't even give him a chance to get integrated. I just think he's one of those dudes that – no matter what he does at this point in time, it's just he has a bad rap, dude. And I don't think Melo's a bad dude. No one's ever come out and say he's a bad dude, bad teammate, or anything like that. I just think he's, like, forever cursed when he went to the Knicks instead of just waiting to sign a free agency. Remember he had him gut their entire roster yeah. when he could have just signed for free agency in the summer? And, and since then, the narrative on Melo has always been bad, and he hasn't been able to shake it. Now, the, the narrative's been bad when he didn't do anything in New York. The if first year they were good. If he would have done something in New York, yeah. the narrative would have been fine. I well, think if they would have done something for him. We could talk about this for yeah, a while. Yeah, long, I mean, long, the long Knicks are, yeah. are, are a disaster. But I just think either way, just the public opinion on him isn't strong. Um, and I just, you know, yeah, Melo should just go do, do whatever he does, man. Melo's got a lot of money, man. Just just go kick it somewhere. But it, no, the answer to that question is absolutely not because what would he do for the Bulls? Nothing. It's yeah. Ju- it's, yeah, I mean, you already have Jabari to fill that role, kind nah. of. Nah, yeah, that Jabari is mini mellow. 100%. Another thing I realized St- <laughs> Stacey King hates Jabari Parker. Oh my God, he does. He hates him. He can't stand He him. doesn't really hide it that much. No, either. he doesn't hide it either. He, he yeah. watches him on defense and Jabari's just looking. He's like, yo, this, is, this dude's out of control. This dude just does not, he doesn't even, yeah, he's like, Jabari caught looking again. Caught looking again. Doesn't move his feet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he can't stand, he cannot stand his ass. Doesn't get any easier for the Bulls at Milwaukee tomorrow. <clears throat> Milwaukee is nice. Nice. Giannis. Giannis. Yeah. We're going to get up and go catch a game. I think yeah. we settled on a date. Yo, I was surprised at how Middleton, hard. Chris Middleton. People sleep on Chris Middleton. Yeah, you, you nice. been on Chris Middleton. I've been on Chris Middleton forever. <laughs> I've not been on Chris Middleton. Dude, Nick loves yo, Chris, Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton's like 23 a game right now. Chris Middleton. Hey, yo, if y'all want to know what to get Nick, Big Nick the Quick for Christmas, Get him some Chris Middleton or Malcolm Brogdon gear. If you, if you give me the shout out to anybody who sends me the Brogdon jersey, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You can come on the podcast, if whatever you, you want to do. You can do whatever you want on this on this pod. First off, bro. If you go we'll, get 
Nick hold on, hold on, man. I'm, about to, I'm, about to, I'm about to show y'all what it is right now. Chris Middleton right now giving him what? 19.6 rebounds, four assists, shooting 41 from three. Yeah. No, he's good. He's nice, yeah. Yeah, they, yeah. they, have, they have a good team. They got a good-ass team. They had a good-ass team. Yeah. I'm excited to see where they Boots and Holder's doing his thing out there. Like, yeah, he's a good cool coach, man. Them, yeah, you know, Shout out Tony Snell. Making some big noise. T. Snell. T. Snell. <laughs> Our boy Austin Brown reps T. Snell, yeah, so yeah. shout out that. Yeah, for sure. Um, Forget about the game. Who cares? <laughs> it was a bad shot from Levine, but I you have to have that attitude. He he. He's trying to have the attitude of a $78 million man on a team that has no help. He's going to take shots like that. Sometimes they're going to fall. Sometimes they're not. Let's keep it moving. We got a game on Wednesday. Let's keep rolling. Let's keep losing. Bears-Giants. Yeah. Let's switch it up. G-Men. First off, 8-3. and three. Yep. Got another W on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. The boy Eddie Jackson is an animal. Animal. All pro. Yeah. I don't want to hear about it. All world. He goes and gets the ball wherever it's at. Yeah. He makes plays. And turns up field immediately. And turns up field and looks to score. Uh-huh. We can I, we can talk about that week in, week out, every week. I don't care. Bears-Giants, keys to the game for you. How do you feel going into the game? And then I'm going to ask you, after we talk about I got a couple keys to the game written down. After we talk about that, I want to get into the is this a trap game talk. So I don't think it's a trap game. The only the only concern I have on the Giants is Saquon Barkley. Saquon's a player, right? If you have, I know people may not be watching a lot of Giants games, but if you have Saquon Barkley as a player, he's a football player. He's gonna make a play against us. It's just a matter of how many we're gonna allow him to make. Normally, Odell Beckham Jr. is a threat, but Eli Manning cannot get the ball down the field at all. They they have no threat in their passing game whatsoever. Um, they got some talent, but again, I'm not. I'm not overly concerned with them. I know I, I, I. I'm not. I think I'm done with the trap game. I thought the trap game was Thursday. You know, I told you that that four and a half was looking tasty. Like I thought that was a game that the Bears could easily, you know, fuck up. I think now we're about business. I'm not worried about the Giants. Have you watched Eli Manning play football in the last two years? He can't push the ball downfield, dog. It's we are going to thrash the Giants. Yeah. Yeah. The Giants cannot stay on the field with us in any way, shape, or form. They can't protect the quarterback. They can't do any of that. And he's immobile. Eli Manning is Huff. Huff. We all know that, but let's talk Saquon Barkley. Huffy. We know we have to stop Saquon Barkley. That's it. Our defense is second in the league in rushing yards allowed. We don't give up rushing yards. Right. we don't give up rushing yards. Their best player is Saquon Barkley. Yeah. They're 26th in the league stopping the run. If they're going to let us run on top of how intricate our, our offense can be, yeah. it, they just don't have a chance. Eli absolutely will turn it over with any type of pressure. Yeah. With our defensive, our secondary that we have, is the amount of turnovers that we create – I don't see how this is even a game, and I don't care if Trubisky starts. Boy, it's going to fold like a table yes. every time they get back there. I don't care if Trubisky starts. I don't care if Chase Daniels starts. You care if Tyler Bray starts? There, I don't. Yes, he's the one. He's, <laughs> Tyler Bray has no business in the NFL, and don't even bring his name up yeah, again. Yeah. <laughs> but no, but with, with, Sa- with Saquon, man, again, I mean, I understand the Bears' rush defense is, is great. Um, but Saquon is not like I need 20 or 25 carries to do the damage. It just takes one. He's one of those dudes where it just takes one play 
and he makes one person miss and you're in trouble. And that's what I'm worried about with him. But I don't mind He's that. not like a pounded – like the Bears, yeah, you know, he's not like – to me, he's not like your traditional like running back like that. That dude's just a home run hitter, man. Like he's got crazy speed, crazy vision, crazy cutback ability. But I don't think he's going to beat us alone. I'm just worried about those big plays from him. Yeah, that's what I was worried about. It's the only yeah. thing I worry about with the Giants. But he's a player. I even think even say we do give up a big play like like Lamar like Lamar Miller going for ninety seven last crazy, night. Yeah. Like say he say he does that. Okay, we give up that play. Yeah. I, I mean I just don't see he's gonna have to do that three times. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? They can't stretch the field at they all. They cannot. Mac and those boys are gonna be all over Eli. He's gonna fold like a like a chair. Yeah. And we're gonna be all over those boys. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we had three turnovers on Sunday. Yeah. No, Straight I, mean, like no that. I don't think that's a bold statement at all. Yeah, I mean, that's what we averaged. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I don't. I'm not worried about the Giants or anything like that. Where Where are you at with Odell Beckham? Oh man. Like just where I, I don't even know if I've ever asked you this before. Where are you at overall with just Odell? Period. As a person, just overall, like his game combined with his image and his. Oh well, his game is him great. As a person, yeah, yeah, his game, his game is great. I don't blame him for what's going on with this offense or his his lack of involvement and everything like that. Him as a person, man. I mean, if that's your thing, you know, he's perfect for like the Instagram generation. You know, he, he does the dances and he's got the hair and he kicks it with Drake and you know all that shit. I'm not really big on all that. I'm not big on like the, the pre banana type guy, but you know, it's cool. He he's, he doesn't bother me. Not like other people has bothered me. I think he's harmless. I think the issue you have, and I think with wide receivers especially, like wide receivers are unique in the fact that even when the team's bad, when the team's bad or whatever, let's say you're a linebacker and the team sucks, right? You're not necessarily complaining about your role, right? You're you're saying we suck. Like, yeah, we're out there. We're really sucking. When you're a wide out like Odell Beckham Jr. and you're not getting the ball like you're used to, you can literally, he's literally sitting back there saying they suck. I don't suck. I'm out here running these routes. I'm getting open. They're just not giving me the ball. Because when you're a wideout, what do you do? That's your job. Catch right. the ball. You make six, seven plays a game. Other than that, you're irrelevant. You know what I mean? So I think he's looking at it like, man, I'm just running around here. I'm doing what I need to do. I'm not really a part of it. And they suck. So he calls out the coach. You know, he calls out his quarterback. He just got paid. He wants to live up to the deal. He wants to do his touchdown dances and all that shit. And at the end of the day, he's a great player. He knows he's a great player. He knows he can help them win. But he's sitting there looking at them trot out Eli every single week, right? When you have a young quarterback on the roster that you won't play, and he's just saying, "Why? Why? What do we? What do we? What do we keep trying Eli for? Throw Luetta out there and just see what he can do." At this point, I mean, I don't understand. I understand his frustration. This isn't one of those situations usually when wide receivers start bitching and you're like, "Shut up." Right. But I do think that that's unique. People need to look at when you think about wide receivers, like what is their role on the football field. They're that one position that if they're not involved, they truthfully feel like they're not doing anything. I think it just really frustrates playmakers when the team isn't doing anything on, oh, they're a bad team, and you feel like you can make a difference, but you just can't get your hands on the rock. 100%. It's like, yeah. yo, you guys are not doing enough to get me the rock because I can make a difference here. We're not scoring any points. We're yeah. not making any big plays. We're not stretching out the defense. Do everything you can to get me the ball, and he feels like they're not doing that. But for the him. ball can't get to him because your quarterback can't deliver it. I mean, he's a downfield receiver, and your quarterback cannot throw the ball downfield. So since the Bears got the Giants this week, let's talk a little bit about the Giants. Now, 
if you could go back in time, knowing what you know about Saquon, we knew he was going to be a player, but he's a player. He leads, leads the league in rushing. Yep. He's going to lead the league in rushing. I answer your question is yes. You already know what I'm going to yep. ask? Yeah. No matter, So, like, you wouldn't – knowing what you know now, you'd still take Saquon and not a quarterback. 100%. Because here's the thing. You need a football – I understand you need a quarterback more than anything, right? Um, But you need a football team. If Saquon Barkley was the best player on the board at that point in time, and let's say you said that you thought Baker Mayfield was the best quarterback and he's head and shoulders above everybody else, and then you have a drop-off to Darnold and Allen and Rosen and all those guys, but you feel that Saquon's better and you know you needed a running back and you needed a dynamic player like that, um, I still would take Saquon. I know people kill him for that. You should have taken Darnold. You need to start developing a quarterback. But if you don't believe in these guys, like if you don't have them as that dude that's worth a number two pick, but then you draft Saquon who's not going to suck, like you know for a fact Saquon's going to produce in the NFL and he will for a while. Um, you already have him there. So what? you're not going to be good this year anyways. You'll suck again this year, and guess what? You can draft a quarterback in this draft. And you have a Saquon Barkley, who's already a year in the league to pair with that quarterback. So now you're giving that quarterback a weapon. Here's your running back. Here's your wide receiver. We got you those players. I think you got skill be, position players. I think it'll be interesting to see how they pan out. Yeah. Um, if somehow Rosen or uh, Donald, they turn out to be elite, elite. Yeah. Then it'll be, a, I think it might be a little bit yeah, of Yeah, but hindsight will always be 2020. Yeah, always. But you can always go get backs. Um, you know yeah. what's interesting is, yo, I, I say that, and I'm gonna I'm gonna even contradict myself here. I was listening to Waddle and Sylvie, and Waddle was talking about like, yeah, everyone keeps saying like you can get running back. Yeah, you say there's a running back, there's a running back, running back. Yeah. But then like we were looking, they, they, he pulled up like the top ten rushing leaders in the league. They were like eighty percent first round. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> what was, I don't get. Yeah. It was like McCa- it was like uh, McCaffrey, Saquon. Like James um, Conner out of nowhere, but yeah, James Conner. But he was but a third round a, pick. He's a third round pick. <laughs> but like, he was going down the list, and all these running back, like Adrian Peterson. Yeah, like he was going through all these running backs. High pedigree were, guys. They were all high pedigree yeah. dudes. Leonard so, Fournette changed the Jack. Fournette. Yeah, like he's, yeah. There's a, you can get someone to play the running back position, right? Yeah. Who can be productive. But if you want a truly good running back, someone's going to be a top five rusher in the league. Zeke Elliott. Like, yo, those guys make top, a difference. Those guys make a difference. So, yeah, I've always – I think that, like, running backs for a while were overvalued. But now people have started to just undervalue them completely and say, oh, like, you know, let's just pass on the running back because we'll find another one. Look, dude, there's a difference between Saquon Barkley and somebody drafted in the fourth or fifth round. There's a difference between Saquon Barkley and an undrafted free agent. A massive difference. Yeah. We said it. You watched Saquon, right? You watched him last year. You knew what he could do. You knew that that was going to translate to the NFL. And what's the difference between an 80-yard pass and an 80-yard touchdown run? There is no difference. You still get six, and he's going to give you that. So, I don't – you know, I'm not I'm not in that rush. But, again, if you had somebody rated higher than him, yeah, go ahead and take it. But you got to trust your draft board. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not like Darnold's tearing out. Like, clearly, Baker Mayfield was by far the best quarterback in this draft. Seems it's so. not even fucking close. Speaking of, we're going to get into Baker close. here in a got to, But not even – like, on the field, he is killing it, right? Yeah. Nine touchdowns, one pick over the last, what, three weeks. Yeah. Um, but Barkley, Barkley's a player, man. He's going to be around for a while, and he's going to be elite. Let's close it out, this Bears talk. Would you have drafted Zeke Elliott a couple years ago? Zeke was an animal. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Yeah, these are these – Imagine are, Dallas with no Zeke right now. Yeah, boys would be trouble. negative two and eight. Like, yeah. come on, it's true. Um, it's a chat line, sir. The trap game. Really quick on this, and I'm going to talk about one more thing. Yeah. The trap game. 
I think you have to be very, very elite for a good amount of time to even have the opportunity to call a game a trap game. Yeah. We just got good. Yeah. Ain't no trap games for us. Not a trap we game. just got eight and three. We got a new coach, new quarterback, trap game. Yeah. Every game for us is trying to go out there and get better. And win. Yeah. Tom Brady and those guys can have trap yeah, games. Yeah, we're not looking past anybody. <laughs> right. Trap game is someone like, look you look past them like, yeah, exactly. Tom Brady has trap uh, games. Tom Tom Brady and the Steelers and those guys have trap games when every year after year, week after week, you're expected to go out there and win ball games by double digits. We, we don't have no trap game. I don't want to hear about a trap game. Even though the Rams are on the horizon. That's going to be an interesting game. One more thing I want to talk about. I I, tw- I added you to this tweet. Olin Krutz said, "Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, you don't have to worry about the run game like where it is. Matt Nagy and the offense—they're the just not, they're not interested. interested in it. Yeah. And that was so simple and so well said. That's exactly right. Yeah. I'm going to tell you this: the Giants are 26th in the league in rush defense. If Trubisky doesn't start and Chase Daniels plays. And Jordan Howard doesn't get 20, 20 runs. There's just it's just like I already I already believe it's not going to happen. Yeah. But then you can like you can go ahead and just you can pencil conf- that you can pencil that in. Confirm what Kruitz is saying that we just have no interest in running the football whatsoever because this is a tailor made situation, especially if Trubisky doesn't play, just to, to just run the ball down the New York Giants' throat. But we don't have that. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, like, if if you don't see it this week. It's not going to happen. It's just never going to happen. Never. And it's just, there's just no interest in trying to do it. Yeah. Can I ask you a quick question? Yeah. Then this is, uh, we didn't really talk about this, but uh, I just thought about it when I was watching the game the other day. Um, What are your, th- I don't want to know your thoughts on this guy. What are your thoughts overall on Phillip Rivers? So, they pulled a stat the other day. You know that Phillip Rivers is statistically the most successful quarterback to never play in a Super Bowl? What's up? My fault. Phillip Rivers is statistically the most successful quarterback yeah, I be- to I never be- play in a Super Bowl. I believe that. He's what do just- you think about Phillip Rivers? I was th- like, when they showed that stat the other day, I, I kind of sat back. Like, how do you look at his career? I think um, he's a good quarterback. He's he, 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 he's turnover prone. He seems to be clutching moments and then not clutching others. He's a, he's a solid quarterback. 26 touchdowns, six picks this year. He's Dan Fouts. <laughs> Don't just <laughs> Chargers quarterback. Shout out He's Dan, Dan Fouts. Fouts. Completing seventy like, percent of his passes. Too. Like, give me a give me someone to compare Philip Rivers to. I like. don't know. That's what I'm trying to think. Like, Phillip how would Rivers, you compare it? Uh, like, dude yeah. has had a has, statistically just, has had a wonderful career. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, has had a great career. Statistically like, great. The, the Chargers are always at least eight and eight. But they're That's never the like they're great. Eight eight. Yeah, they're always no, no, not. But sometimes they'll be 13, 12 and four, thirteen and three, and then sometimes they'll be yeah, eight and eight. Right. Uh, what this year they're eight and three. He's a good quarterback. Yeah, he's a good quarterback. I like, just feel like he never gets. He, he doesn't get. He kind of gets forgotten over there. Philip Rivers. Yeah, good quarterback. Next question. Like you know what I'm saying? Like I, there's, I can't really go into depth about like, do I trust him in a game? Yeah. Yeah, I mean he's a good quarterback, but like. That's about it. Like, yeah, it's, it's funny he gets looked at that way, but then you look at like his career numbers, and it's like, damn, Philip Rivers, great career, but yeah, yeah, great career, good quarterback. All right, yeah, random Philip Rivers. Shout out Philip Rivers and his eight kids. Before we get into Baker Mayfield, I do want to get your take on this since it's in the NFC North. What is this Rodgers McCarthy situation? F- fire that man. He. They should have fired him three years ago. Aaron Rodgers 
despises Mike McCarthy. Should have fired him years ago, bro. I want everyone, everyone on, everyone listening right now, everyone watching, and I want to get your take on this. Answer this question for me. McCarthy calls the offense. Aaron Rodgers has his input. Have you ever, in the last, I don't even know, two full seasons, seen them speak on the sideline once? No, never. They run the offense together. McCarthy calls the plays into Aaron Rodgers. They never speak. Yeah. They never speak. They never yeah. say a word to each other. There was this guy that I met in Vegas that was he was a Packers fan. He was like, I honestly think that there's plays that McCarthy will call Rodgers won't like, and he'll run them anyway just to be like, see, I told you that so shit, that shit was, wasn't going to work. work. Yeah. Like that might be Rodgers though. There's always been the rap on Rodgers that he's a very introverted, like not really vocal type of guy. You know what I mean? Like obviously he's passionate and stuff, but he's not really the type of guy who's gonna go out of his way. But I mean, it is strange to have a weird non non coach uh, quarterback speaking at all. I, I I just think that Mike McCarthy is a terrible coach, bro. I think he's been a terrible coach. I think he got himself an extra few years with a Super Bowl win, of course, but he is a terrible coach. Extra few, he makes been like what six? Terrible late game. There's there's no coach you want less coaching a close game in the fourth quarter than Mike McCarthy because he is due to do something terrible, managing the clock. Call a bad timeout, not know the terrible situation. Timeouts. Terrible timeouts, bro. He has no feel for the situation at all. Yeah. He's a bad coach. They're wasting Aaron Rodgers. Finally, this year, the national media has caught up with the fact that Mike McCarthy's a shitty coach. But if you watch the Packers every year like we do, um, he's bad, bro. Yeah. He's just bad. I'm sorry. They've had years where they should have been a lot better. Yeah. They had that year, they had the year where Randall Cobb and Jordy and uh, Jordy Nelson were doing their fucking thing. And you didn't get a Super Bowl out of that. You know what I'm saying? Like, when, when they won the Super Bowl? 2009? 2009, something like that. Yeah, yeah it's been 10 it's like fucking years. Second, second year, I think. What are we doing? Like what are yeah. we doing here? What's happening? What are we doing here? You know, there's Marvin Lewis. Yeah, what are we doing? Yeah, Marvin Yeah, shot, Yeah, Marvin Lewis, 16 years and counting. I don't know what pictures he has or who he knows in Cincinnati <laughs> that can ruin some shit, but... But, yeah, man, I just – hey, man. <laughs> Wait, hold on real quick on Stephen, um, Marvin Lewis. Yeah. Stephen A. even said the other day, and I felt this before, like I didn't want to criticize Marvin Lewis, who's a black coach. Yeah. But Stephen A. is like, I've been criticizing the black community for saying this, but it's time to fire Marvin Lewis, and I, I'm coming – I'm there, man. Yeah. But they should replace him with another black coach, but they should fire Marvin Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's switch real over talk. to uh, – <laughs> yeah, I'm just so glad that they're losing, and I'm, I love it. But let's switch over to uh, Ooh, the Bengals. No, no, the uh, oh, the, the Packers. Packers. Oh. Yeah, yeah, the Packers. Let's switch over to Baker Mayfield. Baker, y'all are locked in on the NFL. Y'all saw what he did to the to what's his name? I'm, I just blanked on Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson. You saw that's what he did re- after. Relevant. Didn't want to show him any love. Here's the clip. Shout on, out to uh, Demarius Randall for handing on the ball on the sidelines, though. That was hilarious. Yeah, that was awesome. And yeah. then he kind of just was like. Turned around yeah, and threw it down. Yeah, yeah. That was hilarious. <laughs> hey, they I, did not fuck with him. Yeah, yeah. Baker Mayfield on uh, post-game talking about the Hugh Jackson situation. I don't know. It left Cleveland, goes down to Cincinnati. I don't know. That's just somebody that was in our locker room asking for us to play for him and then goes to a different team. We play twice a year. Everybody can have their spin on it, but that's how I feel. So you had a, a little bit of a bad taste in your No, I mean, it's just like any rivalry game. That's just how it is now. That's how I'm going to treat it every time we play them. But it's it's nothing, you know, there's no hate. That's just how it is. That's how I'm going to treat it. And I think that's how our team should treat it too. So- 
be the mentality. Is there any feeling in your mind that he was the reason this team wasn't winning? No. I, I, what it comes down to is we still have the same players. That's what I said when everything was happening. Uh, we just had to play better. Um, you know what? You, you can put your own spin on it, but uh, we have the same players. Yeah, we have people. We have people that we believe in calling the plays now. To what do you attribute the fact that almost? Wow, we have people we believe in calling the plays now. Yeah. Like, all right, listen up, bro. Like, hold on. Baker Mayfield. Let's let's look at what's really happening here, right? Yeah. Baker Mayfield does not rock with Hugh Jackson because Hugh Jackson didn't start him in the beginning of the year, pure point blank. What else did he do? Hugh Jackson also told me he had to compete for the backup spot. That's <laughs> bullshit. So, like, he – and he – that's bullshit, and Baker knew that was bullshit. Baker's mad at Hugh Jackson because he didn't start him in the beginning of the year, and it ended up being a fatal mistake by Hugh Jackson because he lost his job. He's going to lose his job anyway. No, he might not have, man. They might have been competing like they are now with Baker at the helm. He's a bad coach. But, yeah, I see what you're saying. He has a grudge against Hugh for that because, and I understand that, but you don't kick a guy like Hugh Jackson while he's down. He what do you mean a guy like Hugh Jackson? What I mean What's by a guy that, like a Jackson? guy like Hugh Jackson, he still had you know a part in getting you drafted there. He said he liked him. They went through it. Go, you, I watched Hard Knocks. He he liked Baker. Yeah, he had confidence in Baker. I think he also felt like he had to do right by Tyrod Taylor and play him. That's kind of where that situation came up. He didn't know what to do with Tyrod because he signed him, and I'm sure he gave him some shit like, you're going to come to Cleveland, you're going to play. He didn't know what to do with that situation. He fumbled that. For Baker, yo, not showing him any love after the game, I have no problem with that. You don't want to give him a hug and do some fake shit like, what up, coach? Oh, man, you know, good game. I don't have any problem with that. The problem I have is after in the press conference saying, he, you preach to us about you know you're a, you love the Cleveland Browns and then you go down there to Cincinnati and you're with them now. That dude needs a job. He wants to stay in the league. Yeah. Forget about him going down to Cincinnati wasn't to spite Cleveland. It was the only place he could go. There was no other. No one else was going to offer him a job. So for him to come out there and bash him in the second in, in the in the post game presser. And then come out and say, take it how you want it. We have the same players, and we're winning now, basically, is what he said. And we have confidence in the people that are calling the plays now. Those are all shots at Hugh Jackson that were unnecessary. He didn't have to do any of those. That's Baker. And I like and I like Baker Mayfield, and but, I think you have to have that attitude to be successful in the NFL, but you don't send those shots at Hugh Jackson's bro, way for no reason. This is Baker Mayfield, though. It's always it's, That's his thing, man. I mean, he's always been that way. He needs... They're talking about a walk-on. You're talking about a guy who had to transfer schools. You're talking about a guy who at one time was seventh on the depth chart. He's always needed something or someone to to to, to go after. Right? He needs he needs that target, and that's what motivates him. That's what fuels him. Now, do I think he's right for? No, I don't. I don't have any problem with Hugh Jackson going to the Bengals. Of course, Hugh Jackson needs a job. Look, Hugh Jackson has bills just like everybody else. And if someone wants to offer him an opportunity to get a job, he's allowed to do that. But I also don't have a problem with Baker Mayfield calling it out. I don't because I, I like I just 
I, I think it's much ado about nothing, man. I mean, it's that's just Baker Mayfield. That's always been who he is. And you know what? He and talks I, a lot of shit. You remember like, what was the biggest concern with Baker Mayfield coming out? This dude's attitude. He's cocky. He's arrogant. He's an asshole. That's just who he is. I mean, look at him. I mean, you, you, any interview you have, he, he he's he's arrogant like that. He's just thing, an arrogant dude. Pipe down, bro. Who, Baker? Yeah, y'all smashed the Bengals? No, nah, I don't threw, have a problem with that either, touchdown bro. touchdown against the Bengals? He's trying to change the culture. I, Pipe I, down for what? These boys won one game over two years. And I, and, and I, and I get that. They just won an but, in-state rivalry game. But there's going to be weeks coming, probably this season, where... Because right now it looks like Hugh Jackson left. He was holding Baker back. Now Baker's all of a sudden. He throws touchdowns all day. That's all he does now. There's going to be a stretch in this season, I'm sure, where he's playing like shit. Yeah. And then it's not there. There's not going to be the scapegoat of, well, well what's going on now okay. here, Baker? Hugh's not here. That won't be this year. Three that won't be this year. Back That's to next back year. This week. That's next year. They're playing with house money right now. If they do well, everybody's happy. If they suck, they're the Browns. Next year, he'll have a whole offseason of hype and expectation and the new Cleveland Browns. And next year, that's the case. This year, they could not win another fucking ball game. It doesn't matter. All, all but I don't think he needs to pipe anything down. All I'm saying is that... That team needs an identity. Yeah. That, they need a leader. I'm they need a about, quarterback. I'm talking about on the, on the pressure after the game. Fuck you, Jack. Who cares? I don't see. Who I don't cares? Agree with you. I don't agree what with that. What is he supposed to do? They ask the question, why didn't you do that? I, I don't fuck with them. If only more people were so when honest. The, when the, no, and I like it. If only more people was, hey, look, I don't fuck with him. Regardless of whether or not you agree with why or why he doesn't fuck with him, he came out there and said, I don't fuck with him. I didn't trust his play calling. I don't want to dap the man up. Let's fucking move on. And then he wrote again on the Instagram post uh, the other night when, because uh, I guess Damian Woody was like, oh, well, this is a guy who went from Texas Tech to Oklahoma. And he was like, wrong. I was a fucking walk on. I didn't have a scholarship. Yeah. I had to go somewhere else. You see that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that, yeah. yeah. So I mean, that's just Baker, man. That's that's who he is. I like it, man. I like what it does for the team. I like that he's gonna come out there and say that. It's clear none of the players in that locker room fucked with them. My man stood up, handed him the ball after he intercepted him. That's disrespect. I mean, I listen. So he's speaking for his teammates. Now, let, yeah, and now let me be clear. I I I rock with Baker Mayfield. Hugh Jackson is a shit coach. Terrible. And if you watch that Hard Knocks, oh God. you saw it yeah. playing his day. Yeah, Todd Haley did not fuck with him. Like this Todd dude, Haley's an asshole, like too. There's just no way this dude should be running a, a team. He just doesn't have it. So someone said, someone said, but he's a rookie. Um, I don't know if they were talking about the fact what he's like because he's a leader or whatever it is, but who cares? It doesn't matter, man. Yeah. He, he is the face of the franchise now. This is their identity. I love that confidence because that confidence means you have to deliver. Like you said, he he has to deliver. And I agree. So he's going to bust like his ass confidence. and go out and deliver. He, he didn't, Team has won one ball game in two years, bro. That locker room is stale. He didn't have to clown Hugh the way he did. That's all I'm saying. Have some respect. Kill it. And you'll you, the thing about it is after that week, you'll probably never have to talk about him again. So just be like, hey, I'm glad. You know what I'm saying? I'm glad we got the W. What, what happened with you and Hugh? You know what I'm saying? I, I, I just wasn't in the I don't mood. fuck with them. Let's keep it moving. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. fine. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? I just mean? don't really have a problem with it. I, got, I, I was surprised it got such so much traction because I was like, I, I don't really have a problem with it. He just yeah. doesn't fuck with them. No. It's true. All right. I was in. The, are we gonna, are, you you want to talk about this black Twitter? The, black, black Twitter. The, lead the way, bro. Lead the so, way. So, yeah. Um, obviously, a uh, big week in black Twitter. Um 
Dwight Howard's story broke. And, you know, regardless of how you – what we want to talk about that, we're not really going to get on that. But it was funny. As I'm talking to people this week, kind of like over the last couple of days about that story – a lot of people didn't really know about it, didn't really know all the details about it. You can't go on CNN.com and get this story. You're not going to get it on ESPN or anything like that, right? Yeah. And it, it dawned on me, like, yo, black Twitter, first off, we all know black Twitter is a thing. If you don't know what black Twitter is, we're going to break it down a little bit for you. But <laughs> it also made me realize there's a large section of the population that's – you and I are on black Twitter. Yeah. There's a large section of the population that's not on black Twitter. And a story like this is can only appear on Black Twitter, yeah, right? That so was, like that was a yes, yes, like a hundred percent. So if you're not familiar with Black Twitter, man, obviously you know Twitter, social media, tweets, sending out messages, things like that. Um, black Twitter is pretty self-explanatory. It's Black Twitter. Whenever something happens in the news, a big story, whatever it might be, uh, there's the regular mainstream reaction, and then there's the Black Twitter reaction, and it's glorious. And if you're not fucking with it, you need to get on it. Um, yeah, it was just kind of eye-opening. It's just to me, real man. raw takes. Real raw takes. And it's the only way you could break that story down it's in real, like 20 threads, right? It's real raw it takes. It was like a 20-thread story. Real raw takes. Like uh, like I was talking to my girl, like a perfect example of black Twitter. Like the best case scenario for black Twitter is like Jesus and Miro. Like yeah. two dudes who were funny as hell on Twitter and got their own TV show. But um, yeah, man, black, black Twitter is real out here. It broke that story. And uh, it was glorious. Check it out. I think the Dwight Howard situation is interesting just because I do want to talk about it a little bit. I think me and you actually talked about this on the on the text thread. I think the NBA and the sports world in general may be ready for gay players and might not be worried about, you know, a player on their team being gay. I think the trans thing is a little different. People are, are a little farther along on the the gay aspect. I think the trans part of that really changed the narrative. And it's a shame because all the reasons he wouldn't want to come out and talk about that and what he was doing is the how black Twitter responded and just people in general <laughs> yeah. is exactly why he would be afraid to come out and say that stuff. Probably. So, I also think, uh, you know, look, man, I mean, if... if <laughs> If there's one person who couldn't come out on the right side of this, not the right side, um, but like just people hate Dwight Howard, bro. That's what it comes down to. He's not getting any sympathy from anybody out yeah. there. If Twitter has the chance to destroy Dwight, Dwight Howard, they're going to do it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, whatever. The story is the story, man. Like, he, do whatever he, you do want to do, man. If you feel happy you doing want. what you do, do what you do, bro. <laughs> I got no problem right. with it. We're also from a more liberal upbringing to where yeah, we don't really facts. give a fuck. Like, you know, hey, is he a good guy? Well, I don't really care what he does. Um, but, you know, again, I just thought it was real funny how that story gained major legs in black Twitter. But you don't find nothing on ESPN or nothing like that. They didn't know how to cover it. Yeah. You, black Twitter broke that story. Yeah, it's tough to cover. It's, it's tough, tough to cover, cover man. <laughs> like, you know, when I when a news story breaks to me, I go to black Twitter for my reactions if you really want to know. Yeah. I don't even check the I don't check the CNN or none of that. I don't talk to the talking heads. You get the I real talks. I want to know what the, the people takes. say, man. Yeah, so, man. No Catch of Chicago is for black Twitter. Shout out. Someone said black Twitter is the best shit out there laughing my yeah. ass off. Yeah, that's facts. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's all we got for y'all this week, man. Bears. Oh, hold up. No, no, no. You got something? Oh, yeah. My fault. I got my, uh, hold on, man. I got my uh, my Darren Rovell cornball of the week. Oh, let's go. I didn't even know you had one. Let's go. I'm seated to the left of me right now, Mr. Sean Little. Oh, this so is a few the weeks ago, Sean. Yeah, okay. From the town, grew up down the street from the university, 
was hating on the hometown hero Pat Fitzgerald. And I told you that week, I said, look, man. The he's expect- a hometown hero now. He's a hometown huh? hero wow. from the town, bro. Hometown um, <laughs> hero, Pat Fitzgerald. <laughs> Pat Fitzgerald, baby. Um, okay. So, yeah, obviously, you know, you were talking. You're just like, man, I, I hate, I don't like Pat Fitzgerald. I don't get what he's doing. La, da, 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 right? And this was like five weeks ago before they played. I forget who they played. Um, since then, man, they're 8-1 in the conference. And this weekend, they're playing the Ohio State University in the Big Ten Championship game. So I say all that to say this, man. Look, hate them all you want to. Pat Fitzgerald is doing his job. He's doing his job. They're winning ball games. He keeps them competitive every year. Northwestern doesn't suck all the time like it used to back in the day. Um, I think that's a tough school to recruit to. I was looking at the top 25 universities in America, right? And only like four of them have a good football team. And three out of those four are Stanford, UCLA, and USC. Notre Dame's not on there? Notre Dame, too. I'm sorry, Notre Dame. Fuck Notre Dame. Notre Dame was on there, too, though, right? (laughs) But if you think about it, yo, those schools can recruit, right? Stanford, UCLA, SC, Notre Dame, they get players, dog. Why can't we recruit? Because it's hard. I I, I think that when you're looking at the best players in the Midwest, who's really trying to be like, oh, yeah, I want to go to Northwestern? The guy who's, who, who thinks logically about his career is like, I have four years, I might not be in the NFL, but I could be a doctor. That's who you get at Northwestern, right? Um, so I think, you know, with the players that he's not getting the blue chippers, especially not like a quarterback position, right? Um, those guys are going to Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State, all the other Big Ten schools. Um, with what he's had to work with, I think he's done a great job. And I think the fact that they're in this Big Ten championship game before Michigan made one, that's, that's, that's big for them, bro. That's big. They go eight and four. Hey, eight and four, bro. Seven and five, whatever it might be. That's a good season for Northwestern. If you were a Northwestern alumni, would you be happy with Pat Fitzgerald? Because you can't compare it to like Alabama and all those schools where it's, you know, 14, 12 and 0 is what you need to do. What are you looking at the standings? Yeah. Um, eight and one of the Big Ten. Only Big Ten loss was to um, Michigan. Now, listen. I'm not gonna. Great job, great job by right, everybody. Pat... Get ready, here we go. <laughs> great job by Pat Fitzgerald and Northwestern. I'm a Northwestern fan. I want to see them do well. If you think this squad is a ringer, no, or anything like that, and you know what, I'm gonna sound super, super salty, and they don't have they... going down this road. But that side of the Big Ten is trash. He better have won that side of the Big Ten. That's the same thing. That's the same he way better, I feel. He I feel better have same, won that side of the Big Ten. the same way about that statement when people say, oh, the schedule was trash. Look, dog. With they Iowa, lined up the players against him and he, the teams against him to play, and he beat them. Wisconsin. Stop it. Huff. That whole side of the Big Ten is trash. Congrats to Pat Fitzgerald and Northwestern. I want them to put up a fight against Ohio State, no doubt. Um, he's proven me wrong. I'll take that, L. Yeah. They're competitive. They're solid. He hasn't been making very many bad decisions lately. No. They've been winning games by a wide margin. Without blue chippers, bro. Without no blue, blue chippers. chippers, man. So, I'll, I'll give him He's his not props. getting the blue chippers. He's supposed to win that side of the division, though. That, that, that side of the division is tough. I guess I would say this. There's no reason that Northwestern should be better than U of I. Not one other team in that division has six wins. That side of the division. Hey man, you line them up, and that's who I play. Was that you taking a shot at Lovey? 
Uh, no, nah, Lovey got that extension. Shout out Lovey. Lovey did. Shout out U of I. U of I. Look, bro. If I was a U of I alumni, I, 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 I would call up there and be like, "Look, bro, what is going on?" Yeah, y'all can't get no kid from the city of Chicago. No, nah, they can't, can't do anything. You cannot get a kid from the city of Chicago to play ball basketball. We're talking at U of I. Jabari didn't go. John Shire's high school coach. Was was Bruce Weber's brother? Now he was going to Duke. I get it, but either way, you couldn't you couldn't get him in on that. You couldn't get any of these dudes. You haven't nah, had that, good players. What, yeah, we we talk about that. Once U of a I, month. yeah, U of I, U of I is a joke, man. It's it's a joke of an athletic program. Yeah, no doubt. All right, I'll take that L on Pat Fitzgerald. Big L this year. Hey, let's go Northwestern. Northwestern's gonna win this. You know what I'm saying? We we, we yeah, Northwestern. I hope so. Northwestern, go Cats. Ohio State. The, the spread's 14. I saw the early line. Is that what it is? That sounds like too many. But it's sounds, the way that sounds like not enough. The way Ohio State looked the other night. I thought it'd be a lot higher than 14. The way Ohio State looked the other day was crazy. Where do they play? I think it's in Indianapolis. No. Okay. I don't know. Lucas yeah. Oil. What's up? Lucas Oil? Lucas Oil, yeah, I think it's in Indianapolis. I just guessed, but that's that's typically where it's been. And Andy, Lux, the, Andy Lux territory? In the previous Balling, years. by the way. I got I to gotta walk back my Andy Lux stuff. He's balling. Yeah, me too. He's balling. Yeah, he's playing well. He's, yeah. like, he's healthy, I guess. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, that's No Catch Up Chicago for this week. We haven't mentioned this in a while. If you rock with us, go give us a five-star review on iTunes. Go show us some love there. That'll shoot us up the charts. Give us some more exposure there. Hey, Comment, like. Throw us in your Instagram stories, too, if you're listening right yeah. now. Hit the quick screenshot at No Catch of Chicago. Send the link out to some friends, man. Send it on an email. Put it on your Facebook. Put yeah. it on your black Twitter account if you got one. Yeah. We trying to be popping in black Twitter tonight, but for real, all that love means a lot to us. We're just trying to spread the word. Uh, we love that more people are joining every, every week. Yeah, awesome. man. Everybody on the chat. Terrell McCarter, Bearbound on 89. Sports and Shoes TV, Sports been talking shoes, a lot. That's my guy. Uh, Zach, Aaron was on there. <laughs> a lot of folks is on there, man, giving us some questions, giving us some love. So thank you so much for that. Appreciate y'all tuning in. This episode will be up right after we hop off. For Nick the Quick, I am your host, Sean Little. No catch up Chicago for Chicago by Chicago. Listen up.